Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. Bibles or a Bible app, and if you need a Bible, uh, just go ahead and raise your hand and we'll get one to you. I just wanted to go ahead and um, we're, we're, we're going through the book of John together, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John. And we're going to jump right in. We're still in chapter 1 right now, <clears throat> starting at verse 35. Uh, but before we do that, I just kind of want to encourage you that as, as we are on this journey, because all of us are on a journey, by the way, that we would continually remind ourselves wherever we're at that all of us need to, to push in, to lean in to walk with Jesus, to desire more of him. And so, again, many different spaces, many different seasons in the room. But I just invite you, because remember, God is not a God that forces. He's a God of invitation. And, and I, I just know that, at least from my own life, I've never really done well when someone forced me or pushed me to do anything, right? And, and I mean, you could do that, sure. You could, like, if you're ch- you want to teach your son how to swim, you just throw them in the pool, sure, you could do that, but that doesn't really work very well, if we're being honest. There's like, there's fear, there's a scarcity, there's a worry, so with Jesus, it's, it's much different. He's much more invitational, right, where we, we, we learn in the scripture where he says, come and see, come and walk with me, come and take on my rhythm, take on my yoke, right? So uh, let's go ahead and read the scripture, John 1, starting at verse 35. It says this, the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples, When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And we've talked about this in the last couple of weeks. John was always the type of man that would never bring things on himself. He was always pointing. It's not me, it's God. It's not me, it's Jesus. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? Or the translations say, what do you desire? What are you looking for? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him, and it was about four in the afternoon. Let's pray. Jesus, as we open up your scripture, Father, and and, and sort of dive into what you desire to say, I pray, Father, that in a room like this, God, where you're not confined by walls, I just pray, Lord, that your spirit would do what only your spirit desires to do, which is lead us in all truth. I pray, God, that for those that are, are stressed or suffering or in a space where it's difficult, that they would rest in this space. And Lord, I do pray that this wouldn't go in one ear and out the other, that it would land on soil that is ready to take action, to walk with you, to desire more of you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If I had a, a conversation or a title for this talk today, it would be the God who goes more than halfway. I don't know if, 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 if you've ever heard this saying like, oh, God will meet you halfway. And, and I just want to like publicly um, apologize because I, I think I've said that at times. I'm like, hey, God will meet you halfway. God will meet you halfway. And that's actually a lie. That's not true. God doesn't just meet you halfway. He meets you much further than halfway. In fact, some could argue he goes all the way. And so we can have that conversation, and that's what today's text shows us, is that it's not just God, hey, I'll meet you halfway, but he goes much further than halfway in our lives. 
And it's like, oh, I found God. And it's like, actually, no, he, he was always there. You just happened to notice. You know, I, I've had conversations with um, even Grandma Liz before, and we've, we've talked, and it's like, Grandma Liz has a, a lot of life, right, that she's lived, and, and she's made notice that, oh, this happened in my life, and this happened in my life. And, and, and then I remember she kind of reminded me, like, oh, God was always there even when I didn't know he was there. And so maybe in your life, you have decided to go on this journey with Jesus, disciple under him, follow him, and you're like, wow, God's there, God's there. And it's like, actually, he's always been there. You just didn't see him. You didn't realize that he was there, that he was wanting to, to maybe come, come in, into your house, though. And there's like this picture where it's like, Many of us, if we desire Jesus or we walk with Jesus, it's like Ryan and I, we had this conversation over coffee this week. You know, there's moments in our house, so to speak, where we don't really let Jesus into those rooms. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, hey, Jesus, I, you're Lord of my life, but it's like, really? Are, is he? Because he doesn't have access to every room in the house then. And so we, we discover that if that's the case, then, of course, God goes more than halfway, but notice, he doesn't barge in. He doesn't force his way in the door. I mean, scripture, over and over, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Like, that's his nature. So if we're looking at the character of God in this story, we'll soon discover that Jesus is a God of invitation. Not force, not you have to, but no, you get to. Do you want this? What do you want? What are you seeking? What are you searching? And then if I had a subtitle, it would be Invitation to a Journey. Once again, we see John the Baptist here in the first couple of verses pointing beyond himself. He must have known very well that to speak to his disciples about Jesus like that was to invite them to leave him and transfer their loyalty to John the Baptist over to the greater teacher, and yet he did that. Many of us in the room, we, we, we sort of walk with people and we're like, hey, I want to show you the scriptures. Let's open up the Bible. And it's like the moment we think it's about us, it, it, it's off. It's not healthy. The moment it's like, hey, look at my life. Look at, look at what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished. doesn't work very well. And we see that. I mean, Jesus, the scripture says that John the Baptist was like of the greatest of prophets, by the way, because he pointed the way to Jesus. And so imagine, remember the, the, the context. In this day and age, Doctrum explained to us last week, too, if you were here, that to be a disciple meant you had a rabbi, meant you had a teacher, someone that you followed after, that you listened to, that you walked, that you said, I, can, I think I can be like you. And so John the Baptist had disciples, and they were with him. They were walking with him. That's the scene here. And he's like, hey, guys, that's the Lamb of God, by the way. And so two of them decide to go follow Jesus now, or at least they want to have a conversation with him. And notice there was no jealousy in John. He had come to attach people not to himself but to Christ. And I sort of like, like maybe a side note there, if, if you love Jesus, like, are, are you doing that? I, I know that's a conviction for myself, like, I must always not attach people to me, but to Jesus. 
There is no harder task than to take the second place when once the first place was enjoyed. But as soon as Jesus emerged on the scene, John never had any other thought than to send people to him. So the two disciples of John follow Jesus. And it may well be that they were, they were too shy to approach him directly and followed respectfully some distance behind. Could have been that way. Then Jesus did something entirely characteristic. He turned and spoke to them. That is to say, he met them halfway, but notice he goes more than that. He, he made things easier for them. He opened the door that they might come in. And we have the symbol then of, here of like divine initiative. Like, did you know that the God of the universe desires relationship with you? There, there is sort of this divine that can only come from God, initiative to you, by the way. It's always God then who takes the first step. Like, we cannot get this, like, twisted or mistaken, you don't take the first step towards Jesus. I mean, you, we might think that, that, that might be good to process that, but actually, God has always taken the first step towards you. In fact, I, I could show you within all the other religions of the world, and we've talked about this, I've shared this, there is much conversation around how can I muster in my strength, in my power, in my knowledge, in my intellect to get to God. And yet we see Emmanuel that God came to us. So wherever you're at, God takes the first step towards you. Did you know that? Over and over. Maybe he's just like constantly knocking. Hey, I'm, I'm here. Open up the door. I'm here. Are you going to take this serious? And then what happens is something very serious has to happen, happen for us to take it serious. Like something really drastic happens in our life. And, and then, please, we can't get this mistaken either. God is not, and I've said this, he's not a genie in a bottle then, right? He's not someone that we just go to when things are bad. And, and oftentimes, though, we do that. Like the divine, we do that with the divine. We do that with God himself, the most cosmic being, the one who knows me, who's crafted me, who's shaped me and molded, the one who desires a better future for myself. That God, we say, oh, I, I'm doing good, so like, I'm just going to keep you in this room, and I'm going to go do my thing. Yeah, it's great. And it's like, depression comes, anxiety comes, worry comes. It's like, hey, hey, God, um, you still there? Do you mind, like, helping me with this thing? And so then it's like this relationship where it's like, God is not like this, this lamb where we, hey, can you do this? Right? He's not the genie in the bottle. God is the God who knows so much, desires so much, and his main goal is relationship with you. When the human mind begins to seek and the human heart begins to long, God comes to meet us far more than halfway. God does not leave us to search and to search until we come to him. God then meets us. As Augustine said, we could not even have begun to seek for God unless he already found us. Like, think about that. If you have had a conversation and you're like, man, I, I, Jesus, I want to, he's already there. 
He's already longing for a relationship. He's already, be- he's already wooing you. He's already called you. Somewhere along the journey, you had a praying grandma or a praying mom or someone in your life, maybe generations back where they were praying on your behalf. And there are still prayers that go to heaven in the throne room of God that God is still answering today. So if you found yourself in this place, if you have found yourself still searching, he is already there. But oftentimes we, we have to learn, like he, he invites us to learn more about who we are as well. Have you noticed that in your relationship with Jesus? Like it's not an egotistical thing, by the way. It's like, wow, I get to learn, like he's teaching me who I am. And that, by the way, is much greater than what the world says you are. Because I don't know the last time we checked, but the world can say a lot of things about you, of who you are and what you're destined for and because of your past and because of what's happened now. Hey, good luck, man. It's like not with God. He is the God of the impossible. He is the divine initiator in our life. So when we go to God, we we do not go to one who hides himself and keeps us at a distance. We go to one who stands waiting for us and even takes the initiative by coming to meet us on the road. So in verse 38, it says, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? What do you want? Again, very characteristic of Jesus. Jesus began by asking these two men the most fundamental question in life. What are you looking for? Have you ever asked that question? Like, man, what what do I want out of life? It was very relevant to ask that question in Palestine in the time of Jesus, by the way, where there were legalists looking only for conversations about the little details of the law, like the scribes and the Pharisees, where there were ambitious time servers looking for position in power like the Sadducees, where there were nationalists looking for a political leader and a military commander who would smash the occupying power of Rome like the Zealots. There might have been, though, humble men looking for God and looking for his will, like the quiet in the land. Or they were simply puzzled bewildered, sinful men and women looking for light on the road to life and forgiveness with God. And maybe you are like the last, where it's like, man, there is a lot of darkness inside of me. I'm just looking for light. I'm just looking. There has to be more. Have you ever told yourself that? Gosh, there has to be more. It would be well if every now and again, you and I were to ask ourselves, what am I looking for? What is my aim or my goal? What am I really trying to get out of life? That's really the question Jesus is asking here, by the way. Some are searching, by the way, for security. Many of us in the room, which, by the way, I don't think that's a bad thing. But they would like a position which is safe, money enough to meet the needs of life and to put some past for the time when work is done. I think we all could like want that, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But some are actually frantically searching just for that, thinking that's what will meet my, my soul, my problem. Others are searching for material security, which will take away the essential worry about material things. This is not a wrong aim, but it is a low aim. And it's an inadequate thing to which to direct all life for 
For in the last analysis, there is no safe security in the chances because there are changes in life that happen over and over and over again. Some are searching for what they would call a career. I know many in the room are still searching for that, kind of walking into that, developing that. Maybe you, got, you have already been in that for the past 20 years, but there comes like power and prominence and prestige for a place to fit the talents and the abilities they believe, you believe, I believe, to have. For an, op- an opportunity to do the work they believe themselves capable of doing. If this is directed by motives of personal ambition, it would be a bad aim. Like, oh, I have like this, these great talents, and so I'm going to do, because my great talents, this thing. And again, that's okay, but that's just a bad aim. Why? It focuses just on you. If it's directed by motives of the service of others, it can be a high aim. But it's not enough, for its horizon is limited by time and by the world. Does that make sense? Some, then, are searching for some kind of peace, many of us, for something to enable us to live at peace with ourselves, at peace with God, and at peace with others. This, then, is the search for God. And this aim only Jesus Christ can meet and supply. So then, notice in verse 39, it says, They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And then he said, come, and you will see. So the answer of John's disciples was that they wished to know where Jesus stayed. Okay? They called him Rabbi. And I'm just going to teach for a moment, and then I'll, I'll, I'll preach. But let me just teach. You guys good with that? Okay. They called John's disciples... Um, they wish to know, hey, where are you at? He's, where are you staying, right? That's what the disciples asked Jesus. And they call him rabbi, and that is a Hebrew word which literally means my great one. Hey, rabbi, my great one, my great one, the great teacher. It was the title of respect given by students and seekers after knowledge to their teachers and to wise men. John the evangelist was writing for the Greeks. So when we read John, he was writing for people that like weren't Jew. He was writing for like those that, that understood a Greek language. He knew they would not recognize that Hebrew word. So he translated it for them, teacher. It was not merely curiosity which made these two to ask this question. So what they meant was that they did not wish to speak to Jesus only on the road or in passing as a chance acquaintance or just a couple of words. In fact, they wished to linger long enough, long enough to be with Jesus so that they could learn from him because he was a great teacher. Those who would be Jesus' disciples never would be satisfied with just a passing word. And I don't know like, if you're like me, but again, that whole possible genie in the bottle thing, it's like, we can look to God for great words and great affirmation and great, that's, those are good things, but it can't just be in passing. And I, I think the danger is we do that with God all the time, with Jesus, where it's just in passing. It's like, hey, I, I need a little help with this thing, and so I'm just going to walk by. These disciples said, no, I want to go where you're at. Like, can I just be with you long enough because I want to see how you do life, Jesus, because I have a lot of troubles, and I have a lot of worries, and I have a lot of problems. Can I, because you're a great teacher, go and learn under you 
how to do life because my life is a mess. They want to meet Jesus, and not as an acquaintance in passing, but as a friend in their own homes. So Jesus' answer was, come and see. Come and see. Like, very characteristic of this man. Like, imagine you wanted to know everything about life, right? You're like, gosh, like, how do I do this? And our system here in America is like a Greek system of learning where we come in classroom form and we sit down and then we learn and take notes. It's great. Oh, good point, good point. Not the way of the rabbis. Jesus is like, hey, I'm not, where I'm taking you, it's not in a classroom. It's in the field. Where I'm ta- it's, it's not, you're not going to really learn much by just sitting with a book, which that's great. You could do that. But why don't you come and see what I do? Why don't you come and live the way that I'm living? Why don't you come and experience the encounters that I bring to this world? And so we find the dilemma then. Like, are we doing that? Are you doing that with Jesus? Are you living such a life to where you long to linger with him long enough to learn his way? Because my way is not working. Is your way working? Probably not, right? And it might work for a little bit, though, where it's like, wow, I'm doing really good, and things are awesome until they're not. And so Jesus then says, well, why don't you just come and follow me then, and let me show you how to live this life. They would say, notice, um, again, come and see. The Jewish rabbis had a way of using that phrase in their teaching, and they would say something like, do you want to know the answer to this question? Or do you want to know the solution to this problem? Or come and see, and we will think about it together. That usually was the response of the rabbi. So when Jesus said, come and see, he was inviting them not only to come and talk, not only to come and and, and examine, but to come and find the things that he alone could open up them to. So notice, it's not, well, where are you guys going? I'll go and follow you. No, Jesus' authority and rabbinic heart teaches, you come follow me. Because, gosh, a lot of times it's like, Jesus, will you follow me into this area? Because I want to go do this. Hey, come follow me, Jesus. <laughs> Have you ever done that? I do it all the time. Like, wow, I got this great idea. Or I really think that this strategy will work. And it's like, I'm praying, hey, Jesus, like, do you think that like, you can bless this? So it's really like, hey, why don't you come and see what I'm going to do, Jesus? And and so notice the authority in Jesus' words. He wasn't just a weak man. Yes, he was gentle, but he was strong, like Doctrine taught last week. So he had a lot of power and authority. And so we don't ask God to follow us. No, we follow him. Because he knows where not only he's going, but where you're going. And and so, gosh, that's the problem then, isn't it? Oh, hey, Jesus, what about this way? You come with me this way? And I I think one of my dilemmas and our dilemma is we do that way too much, church. Honestly, like 
way too much. Where the scripture makes it so clear that this book is not just a book, right? That there's, there's power behind it because of the spirit of God who wrote it, right? 66 books, many different authors, but, but one who orchestrated all of it. And, and so when we read it and we take it in, it's not just mere words. It's direction. That comes from who? The great rabbi. The great God of our soul. And, and so all of life's answers can be found within God. Why? Because he knows where we're going. So I don't want to keep saying, hey, Jesus, can you come follow me in this area? Like, that's where full surrender comes. That's where it's like, man, it's not my way anymore. I can't keep doing it this way. And, and so then if I can just go a little deeper than that, I cannot tell you how many men that I talk to on a regular basis, and I know I've said this before, and I'll just say it like it'll annoy you to where maybe it can kind of like get a little bit in in your heart, like, we cannot say, I worship God, I love God. He is everything, but then our life does not show reflection of that. So it's like, do you believe in Jesus or not? Like, are you in or are you out? And I had a conversation to high schoolers a couple of, like last week, and I was thinking, man, this has to be conversations to like adults too, because yeah, junior high and high school have their own stuff, but like, so do we, maybe even more, <laughs> because we don't get it, and we never like graduated from the junior high, high school mindset, and so we're just adults thinking with, here's my point. <laughs> I cannot say, hey, Jesus, you're everything to me, but at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., that's not the reflection. I just can't, like, I, I have to then, there has to be movement. There has to be something more. And, and so then the conversation was, hey, like, is Jesus really everything to you? And he says, Jesus said in his word, through John, the same author who wrote this book in Revelation, he, I, I just would rather you be one or the other. Like, you're either hot or you're cold. So, like, you're, like, lukewarm, and don't take this up with me, take this up with God. He literally said, if you're lukewarm, I'll just spit you out then. I don't want anything to do with that because I'm looking for people that are either all in or you're not. And so like, I don't want to just be halfway with Jesus, like half in and half out. Have you ever done that? Like, we, like me and Lenya got in the pool yesterday and it's like really cold right now, even though it's hot. And it's like, oh, like, gosh, I just don't want to. So I'm like half in and half out. And Kelly's like, oh, goes all in. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> but I can't do that. <laughs> but that's kind of how it is in our journey with God. And I get it. Like, there's questions. I totally understand that. But, like, what other way is working? Like, the way of the world is not working, friend. Like, our friends that have, like, the perfect picture and the perfect Instagram and then you get close to their life and they're, they're depressed and they're suicidal and that is not working. Or, 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 or maybe, maybe I just look for fame and image or maybe I just look for accolade. Maybe if I just have the white picket fence with the house, then I'll be happy. And it's like, that doesn't work either. 
Or maybe my career will just like take off and it'll be amazing. And so God, like, can you bless that? And it's like, maybe, but what if he doesn't? It's like, are you all in or not? Like, there will come a time, my friend, I'm sorry to say, you're going to have to make that decision. And, and, and it, can we just break down then, okay, if you're, if you're half in, like in the water like I was yesterday with Lenya, if you're half in and not fully in but kind of in, you're not, you're not fully submerged in who God is then. And so then it's like, oh, I, I want to take that. That's really good. Wow. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. It's all good stuff. Whoa. But then you don't read the context because you're half in. Do you know the context of that, by the way? Brokenness. Israelites enslaved to an enemy because they chose that, by the way. And so God's like, hey, I know the plans I have for you, and it's good plans. But you're, you're in a really horrible situation, and I just want you to know who I am in that situation. So I think... Sometimes I think twice about that verse. It's like, that's a good one, but do we know? It's, are you, ha- are you fully in or not? Are you with Jesus or not? And so the life that he calls me to is much greater than what anything else calls me to. By the way, this is still the same question Jesus is asking you and me. Doesn't matter where you're at in the spectrum of like knowing him, following him, some of us, even as just, I look over the room, like we have been in church since we were like babies. I know that there are some of you in there, in, in this room that have done that. And it could just become so mundane where it's like, oh, okay, Sunday, I'll just go to church and shake some hands and pray, raise my hand. Like great things, but like how are you really, like have you allowed Jesus to be in every part of your life? Are you fully in with him? Because he turns to you and he says, hey, what are, you, what are you looking for? What do you want? What are you trying to search for out of this life? You can have, you can do your thing. I'm not going to force you. Or you can come and follow me. Which, by the way, I would argue following Jesus is much more dangerous than not. Because you have to continually die to yourself throughout that journey. It's not about you, man. It is not about you. And the quicker we can figure that out, the more at peace you'll be. The reason we're half in and half out is because we kind of want it to be all about us. So it doesn't matter how long you've been under his teaching or his way or his lifestyle. The question still is, what are you longing for? What are you seeking? What do you desire? What are you looking for? And his response every time, by the way, is come, follow me, and I'll show you exactly what you need. Come, follow me. All of the needs that you're looking for, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of that. I promise to take care of that. You won't ever be in need with God. You might be in want, but not in need. He'll take care of you. He supplies you. He watches over you. He, there's protection with God. But out, outside of that, it's like, it's very slippery slope. Could you agree with that at least? Like outside of God, like I see it, guys. I see it all the time. It's like God was there at a moment, maybe in marriage, 
and, 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 and it's like, before everything, before all the people, yes, like God, yes, ordained by God, yes. But then when life gets hard, where was God? Porn addiction and just doing whatever you want to do? And just like, ah, like, you know, I just am chasing after the money and I'm not having real conversations with my spouse and I've kind of forgot about it and in life got hard and the kids and the family and the work and it's like, oh gosh, and so I just will go to my vices, which by the way, the vices are complete antithesis to what God has for you. Whatever vice that is, man, whatever addiction that is, it's to lure you in like a snake that will suffocate the life out of you until you're like, I, I am at rock bottom, so let me go back to the source of what I need in life, and it's God. So my only like encouragement, why, why not just go to God first before all of that, right? Like, let's just put God first then. So... Like in every ounce of, of my being, my prayer for this community, for our lives, for this city, for this valley, is that we would wake up and stop playing church. Like this Jesus is the divine initiator to our lives. And he promises us a life filled with wonder and risk and beauty and adventure, but will come with, it's not me. It's not me, it's not me, it's, it's what God has for me. But I, I can promise you this, that life with Jesus is much better than a life without him. Over your family, over your children, over your career, over your relationships, over every part of your life. But what does it require? Fully submerged, man, all in not just like a thing on Sunday and we forget about it throughout the week, like all in, fully in, hey, wife, I love you, hey, husband, I love you, but God, where is he in this? Like, have we gone to God at all? Or are we just playing this game? Or, or maybe you're single in the room and you're dating and you're just slipping up over and over and then like the conviction isn't there, like where is God in that? Friend, this is serious. I don't wanna play games anymore. I really don't. And so I say this because like I'm, 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 I'm broken throughout the week. I, I get guys reach out to me and they're like, I, I love God. And it's like, okay, like what's going on, man? And it's like, well, all of these things. And I'm like, do you really love God? Because he's not there. Or, or maybe better, like you don't realize he's there and so you're not letting him be Lord of your life. Like he... He's right next to you, like, dude, do you want to keep hurting this in me? Like, I'm mourning with you, but like, when are you going to allow me to be the great teacher of your life? You guys good with that? I, I know, I just, I, I, I don't know if like, I grew up like under Raw Reese, if you know who he is, and it, I just, sometimes I'm like, oh man, that guy was too much, but it's like, I get it now. I get it. Like, Let's stop playing with God. You're either half in or half out. And for those that are half in, lukewarm, he says, I'll spit you out because there's nothing God really can do with that because it's your choice. God's looking for men and women that are like, I'm so serious. 
about this Jesus. He has my life. He has my finances. He can have my marriage. He can have my bitterness. He can have my resentments. He can have my brokenness. I'm done. I've hit rock bottom. My heart's broken. So then you invite him in because he says, I'm knocking. I'm here. Are you ready? Yeah, Jesus, all, all of you then. All of you, every part of me. Every part of me. Every fiber of my being. And that goes into the, every little crevice of your life. The way you speak is different. The way you talk is different. The way you father or mother your child is different. Everything comes different with Jesus. And so if you're here with me and you're like, yeah, man, like, I'm with you on that. Then it's like, all right, let's, let's follow Jesus then. Not a man, not a worship movement not a preacher, not a really good Bible teacher, not a political figure, help us Lord with that. Like, just Jesus, just, let's just follow him and see where your life goes. Just give him a chance, see where your life goes. What are you seeking? What are you looking for? And if it's to know more about life, and more about love, then that is the route towards Jesus. Amen? Amen. Will you stand with me as we pray? John finishes this verse, and it's something kind of peculiar, so I just wanted to throw in this in, this in here. John, who wrote the gospel, finishes with the, the line, it was about 4 p.m. So it may very well be that he finishes that way because he was one of the two himself. That's, I think, like, there's a lot of theology around that. But, like, you would know the exact time. It would have to have been one of the two then. It was about 4 p.m. when I saw Jesus and he said, come and follow me. Where in your life was there a moment that just, it shook everything? And you could say, I remember the time, I remember the place, I remember what I was wearing that day, I remember the person to my, like I had an encounter with the living God. I, I know for me, I've had moments like that. No one can tell me that God is not real. And so John invites us into that story. He's like, man, I, I made a decision to go and follow Jesus. And, and that decision about 4 p.m. changed my life. So wherever you're at right now, like, are, are, you, are you ready? Are you at a point where you're like, dude, I, yes, I, I need that. That Jesus I need. And I'm, I'm willing to cross that line of faith. I'm willing to rededicate. I'm willing to step in. I, I just, yes, I need that. If that's you in the room... Would you just raise your hand to me just so I could see, so I could pray for you? Yeah, I see you, man. I see you. I see you. I see you. Yeah, let's pray. God, I pray right now for every person in this room that's saying, Jesus, I, I want to take that, that next step. I want to be fully in. I want to cross the line of faith. Lord, I know that there is much conversation outside of that, that response to you. But I, I just pray, God, for every person that that is looking for every person that said, I, I want in, God, that they would begin to take the next steps towards fully knowing who you are, fully walking with you. 
knowing at the same time that there's much opposition with the enemy and he can't stand this, he doesn't like this, he doesn't want this. And so, Father, I pray that you would give your sons and daughters the strength and the resilience and the courage and the bravery to take that next step and say, I am fully in with Jesus and I'm not looking back and I'm jumping all in. And maybe you're in this room and, and like you know that it's like, gosh, I'm doing these things and, and it, they're, they're crippling me and I'm, I'm done and I want more. I just pray that you, you would look to Jesus as your sustainer, as your Lord, as your King. And so, Father, we're grateful for you and everything that you do in our lives. I pray that you would touch those who have said yes to you and that you would remind them that with you comes life and life to the full. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.